Oh, sir, I don't like it. Welcome to No Sir Pod. I'm uh, Carmen Morales. I'm your host. Um, and, you know, I always like to have a rad person come on and bitch about things with me because who doesn't love a little mutual hate, right? It, uh, it definitely makes you feel better about the thing that you can't stand. And today is no exception. I'm joined by the co-host of the Weed and Grub podcast, hilarious comedian, friend of mine, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Glazer. Hello. Hey, I'm so excited to vent with you. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be fun because what's great about this is you and I do this off mic um, all the time. So uh, so this is great that we get to do it for the enjoyment of others. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is um, like version 2.0 of walking down the sidewalk with a joint next to you and both yeah. of us being, just being like, what about this? What about that? Can you believe this? So like, this is great. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the, the old the old chief invent. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's where you go. Cause you get stoned and then you don't really care as much, but you're still like, but you pontificate too. So that's the weird thing about weed is that sure, it'll make you less stressed out. But at the same time, you will start thinking up ways of maybe it could be worse. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's just like, hey Carmen, um, I need to get these feelings out of me. Do you mind if I just like push them out with my voice and um, <laughs> then you can do the same thing and we can just like clean our filters a bit. So Dude, yeah. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in, uh, in relationships is because they forget that that's the thing that people need. And then everybody always wants to fix everything, you know? So if somebody's just like unloading their day and then they're like, well, why don't this? And when it's just like, we're not looking for solutions right now. We're looking for me not having these emotions inside of me anymore. That's what we're looking for. So if you yeah. could just sit there and go, fuck yeah, dude, for the next 25 to 30 minutes till I get all the venom out, then we can talk about solutions once my head's clear. <laughs> I fucking love that because I come from a family of fixers. So you're not really allowed to say how you're feeling because all everyone is going to do is be like, ah, that makes me feel weird. So let's stop you feeling that way and fix it. <laughs> But I guess the thing that people also forget is a lot of times that does fix it because a lot of times there isn't anything that needs a solution. It's just a miscommunication or a shitty situation. It's nobody's fault, but you just want to get all of the feelings out. So then it's just the thing. And then you're like, ah, all right, I was just mad about it, but it doesn't matter enough for me to have to fix it, you know? Um, yeah. But yes, that's actually one of my things. I don't know if we have to jump right in, but one of my sure. things was like, would you just listen to me instead of telling me what I should do differently? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a big one. It really is because uh, because that's the other thing, too, is like uh, who doesn't want to feel heard? You know, I mean, that's why things uh, things are the way that they are is everybody's shouting because no one feels listened to, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's definitely it's a huge thing where if, if people were just like, I understand what you're saying. I mean, even just that simple phrase, uh, you know, I get where you're coming from, any of those things. But then it's just like, well, why don't you, I mean, have you considered, I'm, sh yeah, sure. I have an anxious brain. I've considered a lot of fucking things. All right. But it doesn't make me feel any less safe. It doesn't make me feel any more safe. So maybe uh, fuck off for a second. <laughs> <laughs> fucking yes. Ooh, we're coming out so spicy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Get amped up. I get amped up. It's great. Well, you make me think about how there would be 
be like no good music, no hip hop, no love songs, no anything. <laughs> if if like because all those are is like people being like, I need the world to hear me. But mm-hmm. if they just had someone in their life who was like, I'll fix all of it, there'd be like no good music ever again because mm-hmm. people would be like, Yeah, let me just fix your feelings for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this is coming from somebody. It's taken years for me because I come from a family of fixers as well. Or fixers are like, Why are you bitching about that? And it's like, Man, I I just am I just supposed to. Uh, silently suffer is that what everybody wants is that what make everybody else feel comfortable um but i've also you know i also got that people pleaser shit so then it's like i want i want you to feel good so uh it might and it might be to a detriment you know so that's also been a learned uh a learned thing like self like self-work or whatever to be like i am i am not needed here <laughs> i am not <Yeah>. needed here <laughs> yeah how are you as a comic you seem like i mean i know you are like really good at listening but mm-hmm. also i can see the wheels turning into how to make it a piece of material or like make a joke about it (laughs) so like have you really had to like teach yourself how to listen and just not do anything except listen to someone and be like man that fucking sucks it's it's more of the i want you to feel better so it's not even like the bit like but there is i mean that yeah okay yeah yes is the short answer it it was it did take a minute because like for instance when somebody like passes their way or whatever that was like a big one for me because if like somebody's i want you to feel good uh but you also what are you gonna do cock you get a cock block the death that's not gonna happen right you can't make them immediately forget about the horrific thing that they're going through so it's like then there's a fine line where there's it's almost kind kind of like a like an emotional dance where you want people to be allow them to allow them to feel their feelings and then give them the break that might be necessary uh from those feelings too um so in like a smaller sense if just i have a friend that's like fucking furious then it's i i'm also always i was always that girl that used to get into fights because of other friends getting in fights were you were you ever were you ever in that situation as yeah, a yeah yeah especially person? in Chicago when I was a lot heavier of a drinker I would just get wrapped up in the swirl <laughs> of like whatever that drama was at three a.m. and I'm like yeah I, I'm also a part of that drama you yeah. know yeah <laughs> for me it was more it was more of a valiant no one shall be shitty to my friends because <laughs> like bitch are you putting on armor you don't really fucking vodka Red Bulls you had tone it down all right there is no there is no nights at three am at independent bar that's just not happening um <laughs> but it would always be that where it was just like okay well this is has nothing to do with me why am i fighting somebody else's battles that kind of thing um but yeah that, that was definitely took a long time um and probably multiple relationships for me to realize that like oh okay just a uh, support doesn't mean that you have to meddle uh, is the big thing. You can be supportive without being like, oh, well, why not this? Or I'm trying to fix this. I'm trying to help you. Okay, well, I, that, I, I, I might not need help. I might just need support, which is different. That's the other thing, yeah, too, is there's a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fucking heavy and deep. Goddamn. <laughs> what, I have a pitch for you. What okay. about if we do a stand-up show? We go on tour together, but the whole stand-up show is like, it's just a small little like 30 seater and we go around and hug each audience member and ask them how they are and then we listen and then we crack a joke and then they laugh and then we move on to the next person yeah i mean yeah i'm game i'm game. everybody has to be you know proof of vaccination or a negative covid test but yeah i mean i i'm a hugger i'm a hugger already you know yeah um i was trying to work out this joke that is kind of about this where it's just because i uh 
it's it's combo because I smile a lot and because I make direct eye contact and listen to people when they talk that a lot of people just think I'm madly in love with them because I'm doing that, those things like those three things is like so so many people are usually you know either they have ADHD or they're you know they're not interested I mean there's a myriad of ways why somebody doesn't do those three things but when I'm locked in and listening and stuff people are like oh this bitch is in love with me and it's just like I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I'm being a person I like you have no idea how I feel because I'm doing the three things that are necessary for me to be actively listening to you. Um, <laughs> but it's more of a testament. It's are you more... apologizing for being a full person? It sounds like you're apologizing <laughs> for being complete. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, all the time. Yes. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's, it's a hard thing to because, you know, it's, it's just a hard thing to convey. Like, Oh no, I'm, I'm just locked in and listening. Uh, but it, a lot of times doesn't go further than that. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times it doesn't. Um, I think that was, I was at Comic-Con yesterday as mm -hmm. a part of this, um, booth called the nighttime show. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I loved about Comic-Con was everybody was wearing their favorite character costumes and yeah. no one was making eye contact. It was like beautiful because it was like everyone living their best lives, but completely like uh, nervous to connect mm -hmm. with anybody else. So like you would see like Heath Ledger's Joker, like w walking with his head down kind of like sheepishly. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, that's my kind of Joker. I yeah. get that. I can relate to that Joker. Oh, I guess we'll just blow up the city or whatever, I guess. <laughs> Well, there's okay. also, and I don't, I don't know if I can't scientifically prove this connection because I'm not a scientist or a sociologist, but if one in four people are on the spectrum and people get hyper into like people on the spectrum, get hyper into something and those people tend to not be able to connect, uh, is easily or make direct eye contact. Of course, if your thing is, that's the thing is like, uh, Marvel movies or, or, you know, like, uh, comic book characters and stuff. And you get all of those nerds that are, have Asperger's or whatever all together of course it's going to be a social shit show because nobody's like like it's all just difficult for everybody to navigate but 100%. i'm the opposite i'm the opposite and that's why and there's there's plenty of comedians that are on the spectrum too where i'm the opposite i'm like looking at everybody in the eye and like asking direct and like questions no curting around like not like which is weird because I got the high functioning anxiety. So I'm still worried that everybody hates me, um, but I'm trying my best to make it not, not so. <laughs> wow. That sounds more complicated. <laughs> like you're so self-aware that you are like fighting against your own self-awareness. Like yeah. that's, that's intense. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Do you wish that you like, I don't know, because you are aggressively kind, I think. Is that a, is that a nice way to say it? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I'm aggressively like you, you'll like grab somebody by the collar of their shirt and pull their eyes into your eyes and say like, are you okay? And it's like, damn, Carmen. It's a lot. Mike. It's a lot for a lot of people. Um, I try to tone it down, but sometimes it's like, you just go, I think it's the, the other reason is, is uh, because I, I've looked into it. And like a lot of times it takes some sort of jolt. It's that old. Um, and like, 
I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but it was like uh, that Tony Robbins dude, like from back in Shallow Hell, how he would he would need to jolt your system to get you to snap out of it. It's the same kind of people when they're in a blind rage, you have to fucking shake them or slap somebody in the face or something like that. Something like has to trigger uh, to realize, oh shit, uh, I'm I'm caught up in this or whatever. And uh, and that's like a thing that oh, if I see it. Cause I'm always like, I'm always observing. If I see it, it's just like, Hey, fuck, look, look for real. Open, open your eyes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're like, and it's an, even if it's not a question, it's like, Hey, you're not by yourself. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Totally. Yeah. But also you're, you're dumb and I'm smarter yes. than you. So like, do what I say. Cause I, I can help you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I just watched the curb your enthusiasm episode where Larry's stuck in traffic and he's like, I'm too smart to be stuck in traffic with these people. And he just like turned around. And I was like, I can relate to that so much. Like, you need, like I'm so like Tony Robbins is ideal example for me because he's someone who like for all we know, his life is in complete shambles at all oh, the time. But absolutely. It, and and I, I don't trust anybody who has all the answers like mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, like, mm-hmm. um, but also like he has such armor around himself with this like faux vulnerability that he can like tell you how to fix your life. And you're like, yeah, that'll fix my life. And then a month later you're back where you started because you don't have him yelling in your ear anymore. Like you have to all the fucking time. Right. And it's like, well then now I need to pay more money to go have him yell at me again so that I can like keep on this track. Cause you're not doing the things that you need to do for yourself that you're figuring out you need to do for yourself. Yeah, you need that that what it's a uh, an inspirational dominatrix. You need somebody fucking <laughs> <laughs> You need somebody whipping you into shape literally. <laughs> that's amazing. Then, that's why that's he gets amazing. 3 grand to go spend a weekend with him like, man, this guy is fucking really. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Will you please hang out with me next Halloween and be an inspirational dominatrix? And I'll be like, you're like, what would that be? Compliment boy? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a chain with a collar and you're walking around and I'm like, tell him. And he's like, you look beautiful. We just... <laughs> <laughs> You can fucking do it. Yes, you you're capable. <laughs> Sign me up. That sounds so great. <laughs> oh man, oh, aggressively shit. kind. That is that is probably the most accurate thing anybody's ever said about me. Um well, let's dig into some shit that you don't like aside from uh, the people that try to fix everything because again, we don't always need or want that. Uh we just yeah. uh, want to be supported and feel safe. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I don't like is like groups of more than five. I think that like five is the limit. And I think the five is actually nice because you have like an orbit. You have like a satellite orbiter who is like I like to be the number five. You know, Uh so if you had like two couples, like the number five is the guy who or girl who can like hop in and like keep conversation moving and be an active listener and keep things popping. But I feel like once you hit the six, now you're in like groups of twos and threes where everyone's separated. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you need and and then seven is just way too fucking much. So I think like anything over five is a nightmare unless you're at a bar or a party and you can just move around. Well, then you're still you're still the superfluous one. That's the thing is that's yeah. also that's also a funny because I I always like odd numbers of groups of people as well. Like I've been 
a third wheel. I've been a fifth wheel. And I've been one of the ones that it does, it's not sad for me or because it's like at some point you guys are going to aggravate each other or you guys are going to get caught up in something. And I'm going to remind you again, I'm going to grab you by your collar and look at you guys in the eye and go, you guys aren't the only two people here. <laughs> There's other people here. Remember this? Yeah. This is at home stuff. You're on social stuff right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Classic. What happened? Classic. One of my. What'd you drop? I dropped a microphone. I have more than one going, but I dropped a oh. microphone. But everything's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Okay. Perfect. It's done. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're totally good. Okay. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Don't worry about it. No, we won't. <laughs> Nobody will. <laughs> Who's doing that? <laughs> um. So why do you think seven is too many? Because seven, I, I think I like seven uh, because then you can, well, no. You answer the question first. <laughs> well, I just think that seven feels like a like a it's a heavy lift because now you've got um, too many types of group settings. You can do a f- five and a two. You can do a three and a four. You can do a two, two, two and a one. Like, I think that five is an intimate enough number where it's like everything's popping and five or less, I suppose. But seven feels like you're going to get clicks immediately because mm-hmm. nobody can hold court over a seven unless you're like Obama or something like, you know, like that's if there's a seven, if there's like a seven, that means that there's at least one or two alphas who are going to hold court over the rest of them the entire time to make it communal. Mm -hmm. Um, where, whereas it with a five, um, everyone can like find their own flow without anyone being alpha out of their own vibe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah. I have yeah, charts. Yeah. Do you want the charts that I made <laughs> for different types can, of yeah. tables, round, long, square? <laughs> Man, uh, your wedding is going to be very interesting. You're going to have, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to split up some of these couples because I can't have, I can't have seven. I can't have six. We're going to have to have mm-hmm. fives. You're going to have to have, maybe, maybe we just abolish the kid table and you get one kid per quad that's what's gonna happen exactly it's gonna be 400 people in groups of five on a football field (laughs) with a megaphone for speeches hilarious um yeah that's interesting because i i think about like social dynamics like that all the time because you want everybody to feel inclusive like because i will take that um, I will take that alpha role in a larger group, especially, I mean, you know, this in a parking lot with a bunch of comedians or outside of a club when they, everybody gets into a circle, even though there's no marijuana or something, for some reason, the circle always happens. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's just, as long as everybody's taking turns, you try to, uh, make sure everybody gets a say in, you know, and there's still always the, I think even in a larger group, there's still always that superfluous person that doesn't really want to be involved. They just kind of want to, in, 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 um, you know, uh, observe more. And then, uh, but every once in a while, you, they, a lot of times they have the funniest lines, but it takes them a long time to get to those lines. So I call those people the, the social snipers because they'll sit Ooh. there and observe and watch. And then they'll slip in that really good line and then everybody laughs. And then they're like quietly like a fucking, it's almost like being a, a villain in a sense because they're just like, excellent, it worked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then they It'd just too- disappear into the yeah. darkness and- yeah, they're somehow line. petting a, a furless cat or whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, but, uh, but yeah, cause I've, I've, I've taken that alpha role and been like, okay, this person isn't, you know, 
It's the, but it's more of instead of ruining a vibe, it's making sure everybody's involved. So, um, do you like to ask those people questions in the circle or do you let them fend for themselves and get their own meat off the bone? If they want it, then it's on them. It depends. It depends on how intense the circle already is. Uh, it depends on how the dynamic of everybody already. Um, cause if it's like difficult for me to keep up, I probably won't. It'll probably be every man for himself. But if it's mm-hmm. not, cause I'm also a short lady. So, and I'm, I'm uh, most often, uh, well up until the last five years ago in a circle of men. So it's like, I have to be loud and I have to be assertive or I don't get to talk period. So it's like, yeah. um, so then it's like now, um, now that it's more mixed, a lot of times if I see a, a person that's just way more quiet or whatever, I'll I'll ask them or I'll include them or what do you think about that? Or, you know, it's people third third mics on a podcast and stuff like that. Well, what about fucking you? You didn't say you haven't said anything. Or I'm playing video games with people like what do you, you know, I'm asking everybody. I want to hear everybody's thing. You don't get to you don't get to skip out of the questions. Everybody's getting the same <laughs> attention whether you wanted it or not. Fuck yeah. Wait, I have a question about that as like a as a white dude who had to learn not to interrupt because every thought he has doesn't, isn't a gem Um, (laughs) as a, like being, being, um, being shorter, but louder and also like really fast of the mind, like sharp and quick. Um, did you have to force yourself? Like, did, did, was that a tool you already had and you had to grow it? Or have you just always been this way and it took a little bit of courage just to be like, this is who I am. Like, or were you like so angry that at a certain point you were like, motherfucker, I'm funnier than all you bitches. And then you just had to like come through like a bulldozer, you know? Um, I guess why not both? Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a, a lot of those things. Um, I think because, um, I grew up in a household where my dad was always holding court and then it would be like, whenever he would want the story to get jazzed up, he'd throw it to my mom. And then she would give all the, you know, all the bonus, all the bonus things that were happening. And so then it was like, like kind of robbing that when I was in a social situation where I did it, where kind of everybody was just talking over me. So I had to be loud. Um, and then a lot of times it would be like, it was an overcompensation. Um, and then a lot of times, I, I mean, it, it took, it, that was the beginning of it. And then learning that I don't have to say something it was the same kind of thing. Cause I had to learn how to, I had to learn how to interrupt and then learn how to not always interrupt. Like it was, mm. <laughs> yeah. it was a training an old dog situation for me where it was like, okay, but you, because then it would be, it would be like just anxious uh, filling the time. You ever watch Deborah D. Giovanni? Oh, she's a perfect oh, example. Yes. It's, it's just, like so fast all the time being able to jump no no dead air you know and that was a new thing to learn is dead air is okay it's not it's not uh, scary um so then it's like a, it's probably in the middle it's like a sure initially it was um at initially it was just like i'm never going to talk if i don't say anything and then um and then eventually, like when people would do that after I was already funny, then it was just it was like, OK, fuck you. Like, fuck off. Like, I, I am yes. funnier. Yeah. Um, so there was in the evolution of it, there was multiple of those things. What about you? Wow. What a great answer. That was such a good answer. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, for, for me, it's a it's weed therapy and f- creating things that I believe in gave me confidence so that I can be myself because mm-hmm. I'm a crazy introverted uh, loner who 
derives just as much pleasure from being completely alone in my empty apartment and truly empty. I have a desk, I have a bed and I have a table and some chairs like that's it. Um, or, you know, and, and like social settings or going to a comedy, like anything like that uh, is just like a rocket ship of anxiety for me. Um, unless I'm high or coming off of a set where I could control the situation. And now yeah. I'm feeling most like myself so that I can dive into a social setting because I've kind of warmed up to it. Um, so yeah, like if I, I have to have like a lot of projects going on and feel like I put in a good day's work to have the confidence to be in a, a circle of people and be involved. Yeah. And by the way, you, it's not, uh, it's not an empty apartment. It's a minimalist apartment now. That's what we're calling it. We're, <laughs> okay. we're, re, we're sure. rebranding that so that it's not like, you know, yeah. there's no, negative and they're not homeless. They're unhouseed. No, yeah. they, like, <laughs> yo, I'm going to ask the person who doesn't have a house, how they'd like me to, (laughs) what term they would like me to use while we try and get them housed. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell me how my apartment is. Don't try and fix my, uh, uh, punching down of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know. Yeah. What if I was like, this, this is over. We're done. That's no, it. like, I yeah, can't take that's this. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going over to my other chair. Yeah. <laughs> I also in my like, cause there's uh, I come from a family that like, uh, collects, there's like not as much as collectors, but like, like they attach sentiment and uh, value to objects uh, that Ugh. may not be like physical, Ugh. like it may have like so money gross. value. Hmm. <laughs> so like purging has been a big thing, like a big uh, part of like growth and stuff like that as well. Did you come from a family of that? Is this your rebellion of that? Or did were they all uh, didn't own much thing, many things? Uh, oh, no. My home growing up uh, like sterile and clean. And like, which is pleasing. Like, I love a clean line. You know, yeah. I love a white table that looks white and, you know, has a coaster on it. Give me a coaster any day of the week. Love yeah. a coaster. Yeah. Uh, but um, like, for example, so I do a podcast called Weed and Grub mm-hmm. and with my co-host Mary Jane Gibson and we made pillows just one year with our logo on it and we turned them pink. And so they had all these like shades of pink on these pillows and they were really nice pillows. And I sent one to my family cause I was really proud of the podcast and we yeah. were kind of growing a bit and we had some, um, kind of like momentum. And so I send them this pink pillow that looks rad and I get to the house for Christmas and it is like tucked in a corner where all of these trinkets are in this glass box. And it's like, nobody's using the pillow. Everyone is just putting the pillow with all of these other momentum, momentums, mm-hmm. momentums. What is it? Mementos. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, instead of using it. And so another example is, um, do you know Andrea Gazetta? Yeah. Yeah. So she's a really great artist. So one Christmas I bought some of her art to give my family and I bought a bunch of stickers that have deer and puppies on them and they're really cute. Mm. And my parents framed the stickers instead of using the (laughs) fucking stickers. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, oh my God, will you please like use the pillow? Will you please like use the stickers and pay it forward? Like these are things to be used, not to be like held tightly and, and like looked at with like, uh, um, affection, fucking Mm -hmm. use it. 
And so I think like my rebellion is anything that I get that has any kind of sentimental value or anything at all. I like throw it away within a month and uh, I just get rid of it (laughs) because like I come from a family of save it, save it, save it. And so I'm doing the opposite and I'm like, fuck you. And I just, Mm -hmm. you know, get rid of it right away. I think that's also a generational thing as well, like because starting with our generation, uh, we're the disposable generation where it would like everything instead of that you kept forever to use over and over again and then give to your grandkids and for them to use over and over again. We were the first like, ah, just throw it away. We just buy another one, you know, and I think that kind of like. That's because, like, my grandmother, I remember I gave her, like, something for, like, it gave her, like, a really cool bowl because she would make these really big meals. Like, gave her this really cool bowl, and I was like, oh, she could use it. And when we would have parties and stuff, she wouldn't bust it out because she didn't want it to get broken. And I was like, mm. are we throwing these at dinner? What are you talking <laughs> about? And you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it makes no sense. Or you get, give them a set of linens. The linens stay in the closet for, for 10 years. Like, what are you doing? The moths are eating the fucking thing. You're supposed to use the thing or you give somebody a cool shirt or something like that like and and there's stuff there is stuff like it was deep-seated in my mind where i'm like maybe i should and then i gotta go no 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 that's old that's old timey that's old timey you gotta you know uh but then i think there there generationally there is a rebellion of that where like because of our generate gen probably generation x and us and i mean even maybe a little I don't know. I don't know the lines because none of those terms mean anything to me anyways, generationally, but just older people uh, had to save things. And then you come to a point where you don't have to save anything anymore. And then there's people that are rebelling against that where it's like, oh, all we're doing is wasting. Everything is waste or our or, or planet's covered in waste. Now we should start reusing some things, you know, like you get people that want to use cloth diapers. I mean, yeah, dude, if you want to wash shit off of cloths all the time, if you want to go old school, I, I appreciate that. But I'm just going to not have kids then because uh, I don't want to <laughs> clean cloth diapers, but I want to be part of the solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy. Wow, you're hitting on another one of my um, no sir lists that I made uh, because I get yelled at a lot by everyone because I just throw all my garbage into the recycling because I feel like all my trash, some of it's recycling, some of it's not, but they got to have a system there to, to, (laughs) to know, like to know more than I know about it. Right. So I just like throw every trash bag in the recycling thing. And everyone's like, you can't do that. Some of this isn't allowed. And some of it is. And I'm like, bitch, I don't have time to like learn what number three recycling is versus number four. And if something has food in it, then you're allowed to not recycle. Like, I don't know. So I just throw everything in the recycling and let the government work it out. I'm not going to lie. I am on everybody else's side on this. I would love to jump on board. I would love to jump on board. But the thing is, recycling in general is already an expensive process. And you're like, fuck it. Spend the money, bitch. (laughs) Motherfucker. Pull out the banana peel yourself, asshole. Um, That's kind of true. That's super true. That's like aggressively apathetic, I think is what it is. (laughs) That's so funny. It's like all my recycling is covered in like used coffee grounds you are so correct (laughs) you are so correct (laughs) man i've never heard i've never heard anybody say that i've never heard i've heard it the other way where it's just like fuck recycling 
put it in the trash. And then you're like, no, the other way. I'm helping, kind of. I'm a good person. <laughs> I'm putting it all in the recycling because some of it is recyclable. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Here, I'm going to take you take everything you need and a bunch of shit you don't need. Take it all. Take it all. Take look it all. Yeah. I'm, help I'm extra helping because look at how much I'm, I'm giving them. Thank you. I'm literally like a garage sale for the environment. Like I am here to give it all to back to mother earth. Um, and yeah, I, you know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling so, I thought I'd come in and Carmen would be like, thank you. Same here. But no, you and the rest of the fucking world seem to think that it's my job to use different bags for different things and learn how it works. And I just can't bring myself to do it. I can't. There's got to be a machine. Like if we have TSA machines that can look at our dicks and pussies and be like, there's no bomb in there, <laughs> then you can definitely decide if like a chicken breast plastic is allowed or not allowed through some machine <laughs> at a recycling plant, right? I, I think it's more of the volume. I think that's what it is, is the volume. But yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm certain it still gets sorted, but I think that once it's like at a certain point, I think that's the post like the bonus helping is like, you know, rinsing out the your salad dressing bottle and like, you know, doing all the Wait, like what? Hold yeah, on. What? You're supposed to like, like clean out the recycling. So because I don't like I again, I I don't know the entire process. I've never I just know it's expensive and I know it's time consuming. And that's why they're like recycle if you fucking want to. But then that's why only like, <laughs> you know, like 10 percent of the shit we recycle actually gets recycled because it costs so much money and it's a pain in the ass. So everybody like tries to that's the whole point of it is you're trying to make it easier so they recycle more. But. Again, when you got people throwing fucking full trash bags of chicken wing bones in the <laughs> it's gonna be like, fuck it, just put it in the ocean. <laughs> All my bags just go straight to the ocean slot. Like there's it you diverts. have your own slot at the recycling plant where it's just Mike's bags. It's Mike's mixed bags. That's what it is. Cause it is. Uh -huh. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Oh man, they finally get that big swirl of plastic out of the ocean. It's mostly, <laughs> mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, All man. right. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. <laughs> man. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm still gonna do it. I, I don't care. But like, <laughs> you know, like nothing's changing. Oh, I know. <laughs> Listen, if ever as many people have given you shit about it up until now, my opinion ain't gonna change it. <laughs> That's no. on you. It's on you. Yeah. It's all the same. And also, we should be able to recycle everything. I like. That's the other part I don't understand. Is like. Everything should be able to be recycled, right? Like that's, I know that some things are more biodegradable than other things. And some mm -hmm. things might be more useful to turn back into other things to put back out into the world. But I mean, like, you know, it, if it's banana peels, it's fertilizer. If it's plastic, it's new plastic. If it's glass, it's new glass. Just because it has some like Caesar dressing on the inside of it, <laughs> it like shouldn't stop it from being used again right am i yeah, crazy you, you guys don't have a hose at the recycling plant you, can't <laughs> <rinse it out. laughs> you guys can't 
when you put it like that, now I'm understanding that there might be some like kind man with a family of six who opens my bags and he's like another fucking glazer bag. And it's just (laughs) slop that he has to go through and decide like, why is this worth getting the spaghetti sauce off of? Or is it just (laughs) going into the fire? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Damn. All right. Um, oh man. All right. I'm done giving you shit for it. We can move on to something else you don't like. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a, I had another one, but it's a little like it's inside baseball stand up stuff. So I, I wanted to like preface it with that before I dove into it. Cause sure. I know that like not everyone who listens to your podcast is a stand up comedian. So I didn't want to do inside stuff if, if it doesn't fit. I mean, we, yeah, we can talk about, they, they've heard me talk about comedy at nauseum. So if okay, anybody cool. uh, if anybody listening has an issue um i'm sorry but this any comedian podcast like what what podcast that has comedians on it doesn't talk about fucking comedy we're mentally ill of course we're gonna talk about it okay <laughs> we're, we're obsessive. All right, well because it like ties into uh deborah and her stand-up act and how mm-hmm. not only unique she is but mm-hmm. also how Every rule that I was told I had to do for stand-up, she kind of goes against. She brings a notepad on stage. The notepad is in her hand the entire time. She is like, her timing and pacing, you have to meet her at her, like, comedy. Mm-hmm. And and that's how you can connect with her. Is like, she's like, either come along or not, but I'm here to make myself fucking laugh. Oh, yeah. It's a freight train, motherfucker. You either get on or you get hit by it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And there's a fucking comedy club here in L.A. that has scolded me multiple times for, one, bringing my notepad on stage. And they're like, a professional doesn't bring their notes on stage. A professional is there and in the moment. And I'm like, bitch, if I'm in the moment, then I need to, like, remember my material. Because, like, in 20 (laughs) minutes, I'm going to be like, oh, man, like, that was really fun. Now, anyway, what was something I've worked on? And so, and then I also performed there. And they were like, we loved your set. We loved your stand-up act. But you were wearing sweats on stage and you got to dress for the job you want. And um, and wearing sweats doesn't mean doesn't look like you want to be here. It's too casual jeans, pants, khakis. That's what you need to wear. And in the back of my head, I was like, all right, so I'm wearing off whites uh, that are six hundred dollars. Rest in peace, Virgil Abloh. I'm wearing sweats (laughs) designed by SZA's creative director that were given to me as a gift. Uh, by a guy named Leonardo Chop. You don't know who SZA is, so I'm yeah. not even going to explain <laughs> this to you. Um, I'm wearing like $2,000 in clothes that make me feel confident and good, and I'm proud of my friends who make them. Uh, not that I'm friends with Virgil. Um, and and you're telling me that even though I crushed, I need to wear pants? Like, fuck Different all the way of off. <laughs> Different kinds of pants? Yo, there was like, I didn't get into comedy to be told how to do comedy or how to look for comedy. Like, mm. it's a creative artistic inspre- expression. Sit the fuck down and let me figure out how to be great at my art form. Here's my here's a, here's another question. How much were they paying you for that show? Hmm. Right. Yeah. In. Interesting. Oh, not a lot. Not enough to tell you what the fuck to wear. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Yo, yo. <laughs> uh, I remember um, I picked my spots with things like that because there was one place where it was like, it's a casino. Everybody's dressed to the nine. So we want you to dress up because everybody else is like where it's like it's a va- it's already established. But I knew ahead of time, you know, I knew ahead of time. And I was like, all right. And it was like, you know, 
whatever. They what, what, was like, they could fi- fire me afterwards. Like there was no other comedian there. But the other time is like there was a dude that tried to tell me whether I could put like I you, I should put my hair up or not or you need to do. And I was like, oh oh no, I'm gonna bu- burn this bridge straight all the way to the ground. Like you don't get to tell me who the fuck you know. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not how this works. Uh, but it's always funny to me when people try to do that when they are not in really like you're not really offering me anything to even consider this construct quote-unquote constructive criticism um that's the thing i got into stand-up uh for the freedom and uh, that's kind of part of it so um and especially like the other part of that that's newer and i think a lot of times this is with like an older mentality as well is newer is like comedians are now commodities where we're brands quote unquote all that nauseating conversation we always have to have it's a it, you know and if <laughs> if your brand looks a particular way what are you going to be a completely different person for your 10 minutes to make one bitch feel more comfortable like no right that's not gonna <laughs> also um they probably don't even fucking understand how like uh how fashion has evolved into that because a lot of this shit that you see that's hella expensive is super fucking casual like you see models and shit like they're wearing big ass baggy fucking t-shirts you know wearing uh t-shirts from like the 1990s that they paid 400 dollars for because it says Def leopard on it and shit like dude fuck off like you don't know yeah. like the you're right idea of what professionalism doesn't even exist anymore it doesn't exist anymore so do you remember when bill cosby told people that they had to pull their pants up if they're gonna rap yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) what are you talking about yeah what are you talking about hey why aren't you wearing a tuxedo on stage young thug like what the fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah well sorry, that's a bad example every... he might do that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like sorry everybody's not gonna be fucking pitbull that dude my dad gave me shit like that before he was like oh you know pitbull's a rapper he always dresses nice when he goes on stage and i was like that's fucking pitbull good for pitbull that's not fucking me I've never been. I've never been a glammed out bitch. That's never happened in my entire, like, you want me to just change who I am to make, again, just to make you feel comfortable? That's, fuck off, dude. Fuck off. Like, no. Also, if if you're crushing on stage and somebody comes up to you and is like, different pants like they're not funny <laughs> there's no way that person's funny if, they, yeah, if that was your takeaway was my garment <laughs> couple notes uh dockers wrangler jeans uh, yeah fuck off anyway uh, I, I had another one I, I, I wanted to talk about oh sure let me just say this one joke real quick, uh, but I, I'm pretty, I don't know the Venn diagram, but I'm pretty sure there's more bombs with Dockers on than there are <laughs> with anything else. Yeah. No I, shit. I think your bomb uh, stats go up if you're wearing a pair of Dockers on stage. Fuck yeah, you are. The fucking pleats <laughs> in the front and a braided belt. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Yep. You hit your wife. You definitely do. (laughs) Your comedy is old and sexist and racist. (laughs) Guaranteed. Yeah, everybody's watching your set on the edge of their seat, not because they're captivated, because they're waiting for you to drop the (laughs) (laughs) N-word. That's hilarious. Yeah, man, that's fun. You're fun to riff with. Goddamn, I love this. I love this so much. Um, Another topic that drives me nuts is uh, like, I and uh, how can I put it? I have two different lamps. I don't have um, in my apartment. I don't have uh, light switches with 
ceiling lights. So I had mm-hmm. to buy a bunch of different lamps for my place because it gets dark. Uh, why am I explaining night? Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, it still lets people know that you're not so weird in the fact that I, I like nothing here and it only night. I like it dark forever. This is my cave. So it's good. At yeah. least you put some lights on. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't go over there. That's the wood floor area I sleep on. So, but anywhere else you can walk, that's where I lay down to relax. Um, but one of my lamps has a shade on it. And one of them, I could have bought the shade as an additional like 10 bucks for the lamp shade that comes with the lamp. And I was like, fuck that. And the lamp that I have with a shade on it, not a lot of light. And the lamp that I have with no shade is like a big, bright, supernova and so i think in my own experimentation that lampshades are a fucking scam to get you to buy more lamps because <laughs> it dampens the the light that you're looking for <laughs> well the thing about light it's what kind of light you want do you want a moody light you know it's hard it's hard to get sultry when you got a bright ass fucking spotlight on you you know <laughs> i think that's what i'm saying like, it's also hard to write a novel when you got a nightlight on. I think it depends on the kind of light that you want. <laughs> like, I like to feel like a cop has a flashlight in my face at all times. Sex. Yeah, you want to be, your whole life is one long interrogation and you're ready for it. Your eyes are, pupils are fucking teeny tiny. I'm ready. I'm defending myself. I'm guarded. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're not just anxious. Maybe you just need a lamp shade <laughs> uh, that's such a good point i've had people in my life tell me like because i i am like a pleasure delayer uh in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. i really like to uh put myself through a lot of anguish before something good like there's something about like maybe Oof, it, it probably same. ties into like hard yeah same. right because like i bet that even ties into what we were talking about earlier where i was like my parents saved stickers instead of using them like i feel like that's such a f- weird pleasure delay move and so like any kind of pleasure i love to just like put myself through anguish for it but on the flip of that I do enjoy a lamp without a shade on it. So it's just like burning my retinas at every point. So yeah, I'm kind of like into weird different types of pain, I guess. It's the most subtle masochism that exists. It's just like really light. You know, I don't want you to hit me, um, but I do want you to be passive aggressive to me at some point. Yeah, please, please. (laughs) I will chase you around like a puppy. Uh, and then kick me if you can. Yeah. I, so yeah, I think you're right. I forget about that. I forget about, I forget about, um, variety based on mood. Cause I think of things in very black and white terms. And, mm. uh, and so I have to be reminded that different types of light makes sense for different types of occasions Experi- and yeah. uses and experiences. Yeah. I think you're so right. That's such a great point. Instead of thinking like, ah, lampshades are a fucking scam. It's like, right. no, dude, like, like maybe there's it, a. Think about if they put the same kind of light in a Walmart and like, um, you know, in a nightclub, like you can't, 
you can't get hammered and want to grind up on a stranger where you can there is no denying of what it is that you like you are acutely aware of what's happening you know and the other <laughs> thing is like you want to relax you want to chill like so what, what i'm saying is you shouldn't turn both of those lamps on at the same time you should turn on the lamp with the lampshade when you're trying to chill when you got the indica vibe going on you know and you want to relax and then when it's time to work when you're all strung out on sativa ready to do everything then fuck the shade you know fuck the shade because it's <laughs> i love that and the only reason i know about that it's it, photography that's the only reason i know about it is because the light changes the feeling of an image all like constantly people are you know they like uh warmer t- that's why I'm, that's why i'm always like what are you lighting with what is what is that what do you we got going on is that incandescent light you got fluorescent light what's going on over there you got one of those 1920s bulbs that's got the cool little curly cue in the middle because that's putting off no fucking light but it looks cool it looks cool if you want an old time feel right so it just depends <laughs> i didn't know you did photography oh yeah and before before i did stand-up that's all i did i did i did I, that's what i went to school for was photography and uh because i've seen some of your christmas and birthday presents you've sent me videos of like cool things that you've made with photos mm-hmm. for people but i didn't know that you were a uh a photographer yeah, yeah I, I am a photographer <laughs> Now I do it uh, just for fun. Well, it was like, it was a hard, uh, hard line in the sand when I, like, this is probably like 2014, my car got stolen and my like $10,000 worth of camera equipment got stolen. So it's been like a long process of like regaining, you know, because I lost everything. I don't, I don't have a lot to show for myself in that regard because like everything was stolen. So, um, but, uh, so it's been like a long, but yeah, my mom's got some of my shit hung up in the house and stuff like, uh, like any fucking, and like any that's cool mm-hmm. that's really nice okay so because we're both weed smokers i don't feel weird asking you this what's your favorite kind of light Ooh, well if especially if i'm stoned well that's the other thing too is i've been microdosing a lot which dilates your pupils so i love a soft light so um i'm a shade bitch i guess <laughs> <laughs> i uh i love a lamp over even even in places that i live that have overhead light i will still put up a lamp just because i like a softer tone um i don't i don't like it to be harsh and, and aggressive i'm aggressive enough i don't need the light to be that way too you know <laughs> but i do i like a soft light um it's probably why i wear glasses now is because i don't i, I I'm, I'm way more of a the dark I like the dark. Like I would probably wouldn't be moody in Seattle. I probably would enjoy it with all that yeah. fucking overcast. Mm-hmm. But I, th- then again, if I'm trying to get something done, I want it. I want it bright as fuck because that's the only way. Because if it's dark, I don't feel the need to do anything. Like I'm also like influenced by the light. So if I'm in a hotel room and I have to get shit done the next day, I leave the shade open. So the sun comes in is like, all right, bitch, that's enough. Um, but if I close it fuck off i'm sleeping till two don't talk to yeah mm-hmm. yeah wow um you make me think of i used to date this girl who had um like she she was like her her room was perfectly for her like tons of candles very like moody soft pinks and purples and all this stuff but every time i went in there i had mad anxiety because she would put like scarves over her lampshades oh, and shit no. like that. And I'm just like, yo, fire that's going to catch fire. fire. Yeah, I was like, god damn. Like, I can't make out in here. I'm, I'm going to go up in flames. Uh, so you don't put, like, scarves over no, a lamp no, or anything, no, do no, you? No, 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 I'm not an okay. idiot. Uh, I'm still safe. 
I put a lampshade, Mike. I put a fucking lampshade on because it was made to be a safe way to cover up some of that light, you know? But that's the great thing about a lampshade is you can always take it off and then it's as bright as you want, you know? But if you got a headache or something, you don't want that fucking bright ass, no shade light going on. It's just going to make your migraine exponentially worse. That was the other thing too is I get migraines. I get like my light, my eyes get light sensitive and shit. So it's like, I got to be able, I love a dimmer switch, love a dimmer switch. Mm, yeah, that is always the nicest when you can set it on high, medium or low. Totally. Mm -hmm. There's a Mitch Hedberg joke. Um, that I'm going to butcher, but that's okay. Cause he's funnier than I am. Uh, but it's about how he's in a hotel room and he, um, you, you never expect a, uh, like a light that has different settings on it. Cause mm -hmm. you go to turn it off and it just gets brighter. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is the opposite of what I was looking to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, go away. Light. Stop getting mad. <laughs> Yeah, it's fighting for its existence. That's yeah. so funny to think. No, I want to yeah. be on. No, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> or when you don't know how many, like, clicks, it's like, oh, fuck, is this light a ceiling fan? I don't know which one is the right one. <laughs> so crazy. So crazy. So you like, like, a soft magic hour foggy hum in maybe, in, in maybe that's it maybe it's because i like the magic hours the people look the best at about 6 p.m depending on the time of year and uh and i think maybe that's it is I, I to me everybody already looks like everybody's looks great you know um so it's like when well, yeah that light it, it just is a visual representation of everybody looking great see i love bright i bright 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 like i want like i want to feel like i'm on the sun all the time. And it's because like, I think it comes from performing too in Chicago. When I was assistant directing the second city main stage, I was talking to the technical director and we were putting in this whole new lighting rig for the stage. And it had all these, um, just crazy cool lights. And he was like, bright, bright, bright. He was like, I always light everything brighter than you think it should. Cause comedy should always be bright. Like mm. nobody's laughing if it's dark or dim or like, natural like it has to be bright so that they're looking and they're paying attention and all the focus is there and so i think like that stuck in my brain so much that i want everything to be super bright all the fucking time because mm -hmm. it holds my attention so much more and otherwise i'm like i'm i'm a fucking sleep so i don't know yeah <laughs> i i like bright <laughs> but that makes sense for what's on the stage but you don't want the audience well lit think about a show where the audience is well lit it's awful it's awful. You don't want the audience yeah, well it lit. You want you want the the bright light is for focus. That's why I love a spotlight. I love a spotlight. You know because it's a, it's easy. It's a visual representation of where you're supposed to be focused and what you're supposed to be focused on. Like that's the other thing too is like bright lights on stage don't bother me at all. A lot of people are like oh it's so bright up. I, that's never bothered me. You know, uh, but I'm also not looking up. I'm looking out. I'm looking at the people. I'm looking down. You know that my focus is out. It's not up. Um, so do you like though, do you like when you can see the first couple of rows at least so that you can either do crowd work or connect with them and hopefully it ripples backwards yes. or do you want it to like, do you want them in the dark and you're just up there for your Yeah, show? No, 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 no. I want, I, I want the super soft, super soft lit so that I can see silhouettes and connect with probably the first couple of rows of people. And then everybody else is, you know, like it's just the I like comedy club lighting where there's a candle on the table and uh, the rest of the lights are super dim. But the stage is bright, 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 because, again, that's like the whole the whole point is I don't want you to be distracted. 
like either by sounds or by uh, things visually because we, we are you know, what was that yeah yeah Oh, wow. So uh, for everyone who doesn't know me, what you've learned today is that my house is a prison and it's also <laughs> a comedy club. I sleep on the floor of a prison comedy club and I love delayed pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh awesome. My goodness. And I great. don't recycle, but I think I am. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, and you're funny and you smoke weed. Um, is there anything about weed that you don't like? Because, I mean, you and I both adore marijuana. Is there anything about it we that you do. don't like? Um, something that I'm talking uh, about a lot with uh, Mary Jane, who I do weed and grub with, is there's a lot of people coming into the space as it gets legal in more and more states who are trying to other the people who got weed to where it is meaning like i was on this zoom with this fucking asshole who runs this like wine and weed uh company and he's like very uppity and he's surrounded by these like kind of uppity white women who have money and all that's they're the doing is talking. Of it. <laughs> yeah it is um and it doesn't have to be i mean that's a whole nother discussion about how wine and weed are not good to compare to each other like nobody is going and being like oh i love uh instead of having a drink i have a joint like maybe but let's not make that comparison wine wine and alcohol or weed and alcohol are very different anyway what i'm saying is and all they started doing was talking shit about like oh the stoner and we're so past the stoner and it's like motherfucker i'm a stoner i get all my stuff done all day i work my ass off and i'm very fulfilled doing so and i'm a stoner so quit othering these like quote unquote types of people who got us towards federal legalization hopefully one day hopefully towards all these people in prison for nonviolent cannabis offenses out of fucking prison joe biden you said you would during the debate and you ain't done shit yet mm. um and so there's all these people coming into the space who are trying to other the people who got us to where we are and that drives me nuts it's well, that's that that all that is is just that's privilege that's because they weren't there they weren't there in the trenches they're just like it's like that the boutique side of marijuana where it's just like oh i just paid like i just have gold flex in my edible bar and it's like so super chill and lovely and it's just like okay but <sighs> my friend's still in jail, you asshole. Like, you they fucking just want, asshole. Yeah, yeah. They just want it. They want all the luxury part of it. They're, and that's the other part of it, too, is they're trying to luxury up marijuana when it's it's always been this kind of gritty, like nobody gave a shit about it. it was it's a weed. It's called weed. It's also a weed. And <laughs> part of the reason it was, you know, part of the reason it was made illegal was because uh paper. Because that was like it was such a weed. It was growing anywhere. It didn't give a shit. It was it's the opposite of classist, you dumb bitch. Um and like so yeah, I, I totally agree. There's there's definitely people in the the cannabis industry that seems to have so quickly forgotten um where the fuck it, they came from or where the fuck this came from. And I'm sorry that you're, you know, your daddy's a millionaire. So you were able to get a licensing to be able to sell this in a place where it got legalized first. Congratulations. But that is not how it is. That is your experience. That is not the experience. Well said. And you don't need to alienate anyone to do your thing. Like yeah. that doesn't change what you're trying to do. By doing that, it just makes all of you like build this weird community of shit talkers for no reason as yeah. like one of the platforms for your business. And it's so unnecessary. Like your business is still your business. Why you got to come for anybody about anything else? 
Right. And it's because they're trying so desperately to separate themselves. And here's the thing is I, and I also, and I don't know if they're trying to do this, but they're idiots and don't know how to do it. I also appreciate that the narrative of that people that smoke marijuana or consume cannabis in any way, shape or form, um, are stoners. Like the idea of there's just these lazy fuck it all, like that old concept of what weed meant I get trying to separate yourself from that because again, there's still plenty of um, famous and like athletes and like doctors. There's plenty of people in all facets of, uh, of society that fuck with it. And so I get that they, they, they don't want to be associated with the stereotype, but at the same time um, it's like, it's still our word. You know, it doesn't have to mean that you're saying that that word means that. And it doesn't have to. You could be a stoner and be the fucking CEO of a multimillion dollar company. Right. 100%. Yeah. Do you know how I know that we both love weed? Oh. Because neither of us are being funny for the first time on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What a very funny observation, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, we got serious all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're literally we're making fun of our, our own psyches, how the way that we are, everything. Nothing is precious. And then we started talking about weed. It's like, okay, well, here's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Calm it down, stoner advocate. Relax. Relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think that the the other part of the weed industry that is is tough for me um, and is everybody has pretty good intentions most of the time, whether it's mm-hmm. to get rich, which I don't have a problem with. I want to be rich. I don't think being sure. rich is ostensibly like a bad thing to try and achieve um, or get all these people out of prison. Like everyone has an agenda that seems to have at its core, at least to them, a good intentions Mm -hmm. for themselves and the people in their lives and so on and so on. But there's no strong direct message to move the conversation forward completely because everybody has their own deal in it. It's almost, it's like this crazy, I hate the term wild, wild West. It's like the wild West out there. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's Kind of nonsense. None of us knew what the Wild West actually looked like. So stop yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, plus you don't everybody know what you're has saying. AC, so it's not that wild, yeah. guys. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Pissing in a pot. Come on. Yeah. Um, but but I think like the the like because there is no direct leaders in the marketplace the way that there is for like guns in the NRA or alcohol has the FDA and things like that. It's all so unregulated and state by state that there's no clear messaging and no clear leaders in the cannabis space to get everyone on the same page about big ideas that seem to be important to everyone to get those words out to the rest of the country to try and like make actual change. And, and that gets frustrating for me because it's, it feels like Google where like everyone can just like find their own algorithm and find their own path, but it doesn't actually do anything in big sweeping ways as quickly as I think we could. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think part of it, it's because uh, it's still because of the legalization. It's hard for you to be because then you're just a big target. Right. And like most of this stuff has most of these things that have risen from the ashes that aren't these like trust fund dispensaries. They've all started illegally. Yeah, <laughs> so that's so true. A lot of people don't want a lot of noise because they don't like I don't, don't look at my books. Don't look at my fucking books. Like Fuck, anytime yeah. I talk to anybody about building something uh, in the cannabis community at all, it always starts with something illegal because just because it's so difficult. Uh, it's so difficult because it is state by state and everything else to get any kind of like fucking, you know, get any kind of action. And then everybody's, I think everybody's also scared because it's still, I mean, people who were in places that were legal still get raided all the time and shit. So it's like, okay, I'm going to lose everything just by existing. So by me being like a, you know, a loud person or a noisemaker, whatever the, the term is, then it's just like, I'm literally putting a target on my back and, and tank going to tank my business. Like it just doesn't. So what you need, I think, is you need a martyr. You need somebody who's not in the business of cannabis that's willing to go, fuck all of you. This is how we do it. You know, that's what I think that's the to me, that's the only thing I think that would make sense for someone like to an be industry like capitalist, like Howard Hughes level just like steamroller. Is that what you mean? Somebody who's like, I'm just here for profit and I'm going to show everyone how much profit can be made. And then the rest of you will figure it out for yourselves. What's important to you. <laughs> I didn't even mean in a money sense. I meant in the cha- the big sweeping change sense, because like, well, the, in the money sense, sure. I mean, but that's the thing I don't understand is why somebody from Oregon or somebody from Portland or somebody from San Francisco isn't doing that because they're making a fuck ton of money and people in, in Denver, Denver, the state, of Denver is making a fuck ton of money. So it's like, I like that. That's the part that doesn't make sense. And maybe that's what you're talking about is people that are making a fuck ton of money aren't going, hey, see, see, capitalistic society, see why you should be fucking with this? Hmm? Yeah, you don't have to, because that's the other thing too, is like, if we use hemp for all of its uses, right? I don't understand why mead or another paper making company doesn't just start all of those fields that you cleared, all those trees you fucking feel. Why aren't you just planting weed plants and making it out of fucking hemp? Like what? Here's the thing is like, there. why can't you just, you, if you're already doing that, if you're already foresting, why aren't you just foresting a completely different crop? Like people that grow corn also grow soybeans. Why aren't you growing, why aren't you growing trees? And why aren't you growing fucking wheat? If both of the, both of those things are useful. I don't understand. I love that too, because if you're thinking long-term, if like, if, if we're going to survive even 50 more years, which I don't even know if we really are. Yeah, like, I don't it's, know. They say in 2050, kind of they say in 2050, right? so maybe it's our <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> but if like somehow we eke out another, like, you know, thousand years of human existence, like long-term, yeah, you got to start planting those crops now so that the soil can get juicy enough for um, those plants to thrive. So yeah, like I know that at the end of the day, somebody like Charles Koch, is going to just like pivot from plastics and oil to hemp and sustainable renewable resources. Like they're going to suck the earth dry of their non-renewable resources and control all of it. And then they're just going to pivot to the renewable and control the world forever. Yeah. But also, okay, I guess, like, what am I going to do about that? So if we're going to do it, like, let's get going. You're going to start separating your recyclables is what you're going to start doing. (laughs) Never. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> um, oh man, tell everybody uh, where to find you. Also, and uh, plug the pot. I mean, you've, you've already casually done it, but plug it officially as well, please. 
check it out. Uh, it's called Weed and Grub. Uh, we just got in. I don't know when this drops, but if it drops before January 23rd, 2022, or if you listen to this before January 23rd, 2022, we'll be at, man, what a bad plug. I can talk until it's about me. <laughs> Mary, Mary Jane is so much better at this on Weed and Grub than me. Cause like I can like vent and I can talk shit about everyone. But then when it comes to my achievements, I'm like, sheepish um <laughs> we'll be at Sketchfest in san francisco on uh january 23rd in 2022 i'm gonna be in in alaska and austin and a couple other places doing stand-up here very soon which is exciting yeah. all those dates are on glazer boo hoo hoo which is my instagram and again our podcast is called weed and grub also that instagram is at weed and grub and, uh, and would it you might please be what come you, be a guest? It, absolutely, I would love to. Tight. <laughs> it, it's it's and just uh, it's it's what you guys uh, would expect from a weed and uh, weed and grub. It's a, you know it's a podcast uh, about food and uh, about marijuana, which is kind of the best combination of those two things. So uh, it's it's lovely. It's incredible. Go listen to it. A uh, Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. Uh, make sure you follow him and uh, go see him perform stand up because he's funny. We just performed together not too long ago and it was a delight it was a delight i will never work with that company again but yeah. it was a delight to perform with you <laughs> it was also a delight to perform with and it was a delight for us to bond together over fucking mutual hate right there motherfucker because that's the premise of this book. it sucked the the emotion that it evoked uh but um man man um incredible incredible <laughs> i don't want to get into it because we're over an hour now because i'll just i'll lose it um so okay. thank you so much uh for coming on and guys make sure you're subscribed if you aren't what the fuck's wrong with you uh go to patreon.com slash no sir pod if you want to throw some money at me towards the podcast follow on all the assorted social media that's glazer g-l-a-z-e-r-b-o-o-h-o-o follow me at the funny carmen follow the podcast at no sir pod and uh, let's bitch about some shit next week. Bye bye. No, sir, I don't like it. 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 What the fuck is the matter? What the stupid one? No, sir, I don't like it. 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 No